This is the Retirement Detective Podcast, where we dive into cases with Philip Mock, chartered financial analyst and certified financial planner professional, to solve common retirement and financial planning questions. Get insight into how to solve quandaries that appear on the path to and through retirement, ideas on how to approach savings and investing for retirement, and how to plan for retirement in a tax-efficient manner. Now, here's your host and lead retirement detective, Philip Mock. Hi, everyone. It's Philip Mock here with the Retirement Detective Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to pick up part two of our series on Social Security benefits. And today we're going to be looking at benefits that are based on somebody other than yourself. So in the last episode, we discussed earnings based on your own work history from your own earnings and your own payments into the Social Security system. In this episode, We're going to talk about benefits you can potentially receive based on somebody else. So this would cover spousal benefits that you receive from your spouse, potentially benefits from an ex-spouse after divorce and survivor benefits after the passing of a spouse. We'll cover all of this in today's episode. Now, in the last episode, we talked about benefits based on your earnings, and there are a few key points that I want to carry over to this episode. But before I do that, I want to make a couple of points. If you did not listen to last week's episode, I think you should. This episode will make a lot more sense if you've listened to last week's episode first. So I encourage you to go check it out. Second of all, I'll be upfront that Social Security benefits and strategies is easily one of the most common things for financial writers and bloggers to write about, so there's a lot out there. I definitely don't think that anything I'm telling you is particularly new or revolutionary, but I I do have your audience at the moment, and I'm very grateful for that, and I think this is very important, and so I still wanted to share my thoughts with you. Lastly, I want to point out that The best authority on this subject of Social Security benefits is the Social Security Administration itself. You can go to their offices and ask questions or call them up, and you can also go to www.ssa.gov to learn more about your benefit. They have some calculators, and it's actually a pretty helpful website. Let's dive into today's episode. We're talking spouses. So, As you recall from last week's episode, there's a few key ages to know about. Age 62 is the earliest that you can take Social Security benefits in most cases. 70 70 is the latest. And there's this thing called a full retirement age, which is sort of the normal age for you to take benefits. And that is either age 66, age 67, or something in between. Spousal benefits follow those rules fairly closely with some exceptions that we'll talk about. In order to illustrate all of the concepts today for spousal benefits, I want to use some common terminology that I'd like to define real quick. Let's talk about, in our examples here, I have to distinguish one spouse from the other, and they're both spouse, so that gets kind of confusing. So we're going to refer to one spouse as the working spouse 
and then the other spouse as the spouse receiving benefits. So one's the worker spouse and the other is the one receiving benefits. Now, it doesn't mean that they might both be the worker, but spousal benefits are benefits based on somebody else. And so the somebody else is going to be the worker spouse. So when I say worker spouse, this is the one for whose benefits, for whom the benefits of the other spouse are being based on. So you have the worker spouse, and then we have the spouse receiving benefits. Because in this episode, we are not talking about benefits based on your own earnings. We're talking about earnings from somebody else. So let's have an example here. And let's say we have a spouse, and they've paid in enough credits to have a benefit. That creates the option for a spousal benefit. So the working spouse can not only take benefits based on their earnings for themselves, but the working spouse's efforts will also generate the opportunity for their spouse to receive spousal benefits based on the working spouse's work history. It's a benefit of being married. Couple of things to know about that. The spousal benefit is as much as 50% of the working spouse's normal benefit at full retirement age. The technical name for this is the primary insurance amount. So if you begin taking your benefits at full retirement age, the benefit that you receive is called your primary insurance amount. They take that amount and increase it by a percentage if you wait to receive benefits on your earnings after full retirement age, and then they reduce it using that amount as the base if you take benefits early. We go into that in more detail in my prior episode, but it's important here because all of the spousal benefit calculations start with the primary working spouse's primary insurance amount. If the first spouse, the working spouse, takes their benefit right on time, no earlier, no later, right at full retirement age, then the spouse receiving benefits from the working spouse can get up to 50% of the working spouse's benefit if a number of other things are true. And the main one is that the spouse must also be full retirement age. I'll repeat, if the working spouse takes their benefit at full retirement age, the spousal benefit for the spouse receiving benefits for that to be maximized, that spouse must wait until they turn full retirement age. That's number one. And number two, the working spouse must have be- begun receiving their benefit too. So the spousal benefits cannot start any earlier than the working spouse's benefits. So the working spouse has to make the election to begin receiving benefits based on their own earnings before the spousal benefit is even on the table. There used to be a trick uh, that was kind of in the code until 2015 where you could actually have a strategy where the working spouse could file and then suspend their benefit so that the spouse could take their benefit early. And they did away with that. So now the working spouse must be receiving their benefit in order for the spouse to receive their spousal benefit. Remember, it's 50%. So let's put some numbers on this. So if the working spouse is entitled to $3,000 a month at full retirement age, and they retire right at full retirement age, right on the number, 
then the most that their spouse could receive is $1,500 a month. And their spouse would have to wait until they they turn full retirement age for their full retirement age in order to receive that amount. Now, if the working spouse takes their benefit at full retirement age and the spouse receiving the benefit of the spousal benefit takes their benefit early, their benefits are reduced. They cannot take them any earlier than 62, but they could take them sometime between age 62 and full retirement age. And if they do, there is a reduction on the spousal benefit. Now, the spouse taking their benefit early has no impact on the worker's benefit. It's just the spouse's benefit. But the only thing where that's linked on those two is that, for sure, the working spouse has to have begun their benefit, too. So, again, the spousal benefit cannot start any earlier than the working spouse's benefit. If the spouse, not the working spouse, but the spouse decides to wait until after full retirement age to receive benefits, there's no help there's no benefit to doing that. So unlike earnings, unlike benefits on your own earnings, there is no increase in benefit for waiting until after full retirement age as it relates to your spousal benefits. Okay. Now that's kind of the things that the spouse receiving benefits based on their age, they decide to take the benefit. And keep in mind that if at some point, um, you know, they had a work history the spouse receiving benefits might have their own social security benefits and they get the higher of the two. So that's always a factor. Let's go back and look at the working spouse. Now we've assumed so far that they've taken those benefits at full retirement age. Let's say they wait and take benefits at age 70. Now, if the primary worker or the working spouse waits, their benefit is increased by 8% per year until age 70. Unfortunately though, the spousal benefit does not. So the most that the spousal benefit could be is 50% of the primary worker or the working spouse's benefit at their full retirement age and also assuming that the spouse begins the benefit at their full retirement age. So the primary worker waiting until age 70 only helps their benefit. It does not help the spousal benefit. Now, like we talked about in the last episode, everybody's situation is different, and I'm not saying that you should or should not take it early or or late or whatever. You just need to do the analysis for yourself because everyone's situation is different. Your cash flow situation, the amount of liquid assets you've saved is unique, and your situation's unique. So those are the key things to understand about spousal benefits. It's generally 50% of what your spouse is eligible for. The spousal benefit does not grow after full retirement age like the primary worker's benefit would. And if the spouse receiving benefits takes their benefit early, that can also reduce the benefit. And lastly and importantly, they will, and by they I mean the Social Security Administration, will evaluate your benefit on your own earnings against the spousal benefit that you're eligible for and will give you the better of the two. Okay, that covers spousal benefits in a nutshell. All right, let's talk about ex-spouses. So there are some unique 
aspects to Social Security when you get divorced. So we're going to use the same terminology here, but we're going to add in the word X where needed. So you have the working spouse that is generating the benefit, and then instead of the spousal benefit, we're going to say the ex-spouse and the ex-spousal benefit. So if you get a divorce, and then the ex-spouse can receive a benefit based on the working spouse's record, even if the working spouse is remarried, if five things are true. Number one, remember, we're saying that the, the ex-spouse can receive benefits on the working spouse or the primary spouse in our example if, one, if these five things are true, okay? The working spouse could even be remarried. That doesn't matter here. We're talking about the ex-spousal benefit. So the marriage had to have lasted 10 years or longer. The ex-spouse must be unmarried. So we're not talking about the working spouse, but the ex-spouse must be unmarried. The ex-spouse must be age 62 or older. The ex-spouse must, if they worked, the working benefit from their own earnings must be less than what they would receive on um, their own earnings. So in other words, like we talked about with a regular spouse, they'll give you the better of the two. It's the same here. So you, you're not going to have a an ex-spouse benefit if your own working history benefit is higher. And the working spouse has to actually be eligible for Social Security retirement. So if they paid into another system like rail, railroad workers, for instance, then there would not be a spouse benefit because the primary working spouse wasn't actually eligible to pay. Your ex-spouse can actually begin receiving benefits based on your own earnings history as the primary if You've been divorced more than two years and you're actually eligible. So if the primary working spouse in our example here is over age 62 and they'd otherwise be eligible for Social Security, as long as the divorce has been you know, in place for over two years, then the ex-spouse, assuming they're unmarried and over age 62, um, they can actually begin taking their spousal benefit, even if the primary worker has not taken their benefit yet. Like we talked about in the first episode, there are earnings limitations prior to full retirement age, and that also applies to ex-spouses. So if the ex-spouse decides to work while receiving benefits, the same earnings limits will apply to them and they have to be full retirement age in order to not have that limitation. Now, like I said, if the primary or the working spouse in our example remarries, the ex-spouse is still eligible for benefits. But if the ex-spouse remarries, then they're no longer eligible for divorced benefits. They would then be eligible for either benefits on their own earnings or spousal benefits based on their new spouse. So you can't have the best of the three. You can't have, you know, based on your ex-spouse, based on your new spouse, and based on your own earnings. It's, you only get two out of three. You always have the option of, if you qualified and you're eligible, the option of benefits on your own earnings. And under the new law since 2015, basically when you go to apply for benefits, 
they'll give you the best of whatever you're eligible for, whether it's ex-spousal, spousal, or on your own earnings. So you kind of get the, the best of whatever you can there. Obviously, if you get a divorce or remarry, you need to let the Social Security Administration know so they can adjust. But in general, you get the best of whatever you're eligible for when you go to claim benefits. Now, let's talk about surviving spouses. And when a spouse passes away, there are a lot of different combinations of things here because there's different age limits depending on if the spouse has a disability or not and if there are children involved. So in order to keep this podcast brief, we're mainly going to talk about the benefit for one spouse to the other spouse, but just know that when one spouse passes away and there's children involved under the age of 18, there is usually a benefit for them. But today we're we're mainly going to talk about benefits from a spouse that passes away to the other spouse. So if your spouse passes away, we're again going to use the terminology of the working spouse, but now we're going to say the working spouse and the surviving spouse, or the deceased spouse and the surviving spouse, to talk about our, our different combinations here. So if a family member passes away, your spouse passes away, um, then couple things to know. If a spouse passes away, then the surviving spouse could potentially take benefits as early as age 60. And if they have a disability, they lower that to age 50. Also, surviving divorced spouses can at times take benefits. Surviving divorced spouses could get the same benefits as a surviving spouse if the marriage lasted at least 10 years. There's some other rules there too, but that's that's the main one. So the surviving spouse, if the deceased spouse or the working spouse worked long enough to actually be eligible for Social Security, then the surviving spouse could begin receiving benefits at age 60, although they'll be reduced, and begin receiving benefits at age 50 if they're disabled, and the disability had to have been uh, well into place. I believe that the disability had to have started at least seven, I think it is, seven years prior to the death of the spouse. If the surviving spouse waits until full retirement age or older, then they would get 100% of the deceased worker's benefit amount, assuming it's less than their own benefits. So if their surviving spouse had benefits from their own work history and it's more than 100% of the deceased worker's benefit, then they would just get that benefit instead. If the surviving spouse takes benefits at some point between age 60 and full retirement age, then they get some portion of the deceased worker's base amount. Um, And the earlier they take it, the more it is reduced. If the surviving spouse has a disability, then the age 50 through 59, the benefit is somewhat reduced. And then the other rules apply as if you were not disabled. So basically, if if the surviving spouse has a disability, they can begin taking benefits at age 50. 
but there is a reduction at age 50 through 59. And then the same reduction that would normally apply to a surviving spouse without a disability beginning at age 60 through full retirement age would apply for the surviving spouse that has a disability. I know that's a mouthful, but just know that if a surviving spouse has a disability, they can take the benefit beginning at age 50, but it is definitely reduced. If the surviving spouse has children, then there's a whole bunch of special rules uh, for children under the age of 18. For survivor benefits, it's important to know that there are special rules if the surviving spouse decides to remarry. And in an effort to keep this podcast brief, we're not going to cover those rules. But just know that if you are eligible or you are currently receiving survivor benefits and you decide to remarry, you need to look up the rules. And there's some there's some strategy opportunities uh, depending on what age you decide to get remarried. Um, but it's worth looking into because there's a lot of permutations and combinations there. All right, that's enough Social Security for today. The Social Security rules are admittedly quite confusing. All of this is quite a mouthful. So we're going to wrap it up. Now, as I mentioned already, the most authoritative place to find out information for your questions on Social Security would be www.ssa.gov or go visit your local Social Security office or call and ask them questions. I've, with people I've helped, have actually found them to be very knowledgeable and helpful. So I would give them a call and see what they have to say. I hope you found this episode to be helpful and I look forward to speaking with you next week. Take care. This recording strictly is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of the Retirement Detective Podcast. The Retirement Detective Podcast is not affiliated with any guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. The Retirement Detective Podcast does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. The Retirement Detective Podcast shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decisions. This podcast is not a solicitation to purchase or sell securities or a solicitation for advisory services. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services, and nothing in this podcast should be relied upon as rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services. Philip Mock is not a detective or law enforcement officer, and any reference to such is for entertainment purposes only.